Hello, listening uh, podcast, listening SoundCloud, visiting Facebook, uh, looking at people. <laughs> this is Camera Noise. I'm Stefan here in Denver. Uh, this is Maddie in Cincinnati. Uh, and we're just chilling out, getting into our co- com- camera noise zone. Uh, I'm having trouble talking for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, I think I was born with excess saliva. That's yeah. my self-diagnosis. So if I stutter or whatever, it's because I'm That's salivating. Your <laughs> it must be. I'm like one of those shitty mutant powers where like, I just have too much spit. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't talk too close to people and you know I just destroy the stamp when I mail a letter <laughs> no. I'm gonna have to get a new envelope now this will never work but we're gonna start off with a movie called The Woods from the guys that brought you Your Next and The Guest was it? Yes Guest, cool. I've seen Your Next I loved it I haven't seen The Guest um, both both great films. Both are good. Uh, highly recommended. Hell yeah. So, you ready to watch this trailer? Let's do it. It might be too spooky, though. Lionsgate. Thanks. Already, I love it. <laughs> Creepy <laughs> version of Police's uh, Every Breath You Take. All right. Uh, these trees that just, it's like the shining, the beginning yeah. of the shining. It's so cool. Not Chilling and intense. Quotes. Yeah, these quotes are helping out. All right, I'm already scared. Yep. Turn it off. <laughs> oh, I already love the setting too, man. Give me, yeah. give me mountains for any kind of movie. I'm there. I don't even care what it's about. Is that every horror movie that comes out recently? The scariest movie yeah. ever made? Scariest movie you'll ever see. <laughs> The look of it is great, though. It's got that kind of video grittiness to it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, not a bad trailer on Mexican Sold. Independence Day. <laughs> not a bad trailer. So take my money. So that looked really awesome, man. Um, yeah. Uh, the style was great, and just I I lo- I really liked your next. Um, yeah. Uh, and just it's like full of style, you know. They didn't really do. They weren't really aiming to like reinvent the wheel or anything like that, but it, they just really just like knocked out a solid horror film. This looks like right up my alley. Yeah, um, I, I I definitely feel like these guys are from like uh, they're like probably our age and grew up watching 
you know, your next is definitely like revenge slash slasher flick, uh, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, and then the, yeah. the guest is basically like, I don't know, man, it's like a throwback to like the first Terminator and like those, those like guy next door movies. You can't trust them, but should you, is he actually really bad guy? Um, and yeah. it's just like on top, like, ah, I don't know. These guys just get it. They like get this genre of filmmaking and everything they put out. Those two films have been great. Yeah. So for them so to do maybe you... do a creature feature, which is kind of looks like it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely interested to see like what their creature would be. It kind of has some yeah. hints of maybe like an alien invasion thing, maybe. Um, definitely when that girl pulls that thing out of her leg or something. Yeah. Or know? some kind of like, like, I don't know, some kind of root. Some kind yeah. of like, you know, like living, I don't know what it is. Do you, I mean, do you know, do you have any idea the, the, what I, the movie's about? Or is it I have no idea. Fresh? Yeah, I just, too. That's yeah, cool. I haven't read anything about it. I don't really want to know anything. I like actually hated that there was like the scariest movie ever. Right. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> shut up. I just want to watch this trailer. Like, yeah. I, you've already gotten me with the two guys who made two of my favorite films to come out in the past couple of yeah. years. Like, that's all I need, you know? And I mean, I understand that this trailer is not for, for me, <laughs> you know? It's for people yeah. who don't know anything about this, but... Yeah, uh, the only thing I will say that some people might not like about it, it, it is seems like a very like handheld camera experience, which I know people yeah. aren't really into. Yeah, that's what I, I was love saying those... about the the gritty kind of digital feel to it. I really I really dig that. And then nowadays, it's like making movies is so much cheaper because of the access to technology. That I was just thinking about this today. Like we're gonna have so many movies within this next couple of generations that are digitally. Um, yeah. their foundation is digital you know what i mean so i really i really dig where that kind of stuff is going but uh, yeah i definitely I, I mean i'm in man this looks cool it looks yeah. gritty it looks dirty it, it looks scary it looks you know i'm really i'm excited to just see if it is like if this is their take on a creature feature man i'm yeah. super excited because it's like that's almost like the next step after watching their two previous films yeah they and need has- to do like a monster movie Right, and it has a, such a like a candid feel to it. It's not, you know, it doesn't. There's not like this is your main character and this is your side character and this is your yeah. you know your whatever. Like so far, we're just in the woods with these people. So yeah, I think it looks. I think it looks badass. And I think they're doing like a solid job because I mean they have two really good movies under their belt. Like the guest kind of has like the one dude from Downton Abbey in it, which I've never seen mm-hmm. that show, but like that's the biggest draw actor. And, like, I feel these guys at this point could probably get some more, like, maybe C-list, maybe a B-list actor in their film. But yeah. it seems like they're keeping it pretty, like, yo, we're just going to, like, either have our friends in this shit or just some, like, up-and-comers that are, like, yeah. fucking solid. Which I yeah. think, like, you know, when I go see a movie and I know Brad Pitt's in it, I'm expecting, like, a Brad Pitt performance, you know? So it's yeah. nice to see, like, these guys using, like, unknowns to, like, really get you into this, like, horror element and just, like, kind of feel for these characters. Yeah, it helps to sell the world a lot when they're kind of unfamiliar faces, I think. I think that, you know, it definitely lends, especially with horror, it definitely lends more to the um, the fear aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Anyway. Sweet, sweet. Um, next up, we're going to check out Don't Breathe. Um, oh, uh, The Woods, by the way, comes out September 16th. So um, around that time, more than likely, we'll have an episode about it. <laughs> yes we will um, so we're moving on so this is from the creators of evil dead it's a movie called don't breathe Kill this 
you making your cash out there? <laughs> what do you say you and I move away from mom together? It's a promise. You leaving? Yeah, as soon as I have the money. When are you coming back? Never. She has that kind of it follows feel. Yeah. Team with it. But I mean, indie horror right now is just so good. Yeah. Cinematography looks great, man. I love. Yeah. I love the look of it. Creepy. Stay right there. Terrifying blind man. Is that that's the dude from Avatar, right? Yeah. Stephen Lang. Yep. Yeah. Holy shit. She's hot. He's a Zatoichi motherfucker. <laughs> oh, this is such a cool setup, man. Oh, dude. Wow. Very cool. That's just the two characters. Yeah. Now, simple. Oh, shit. Shit just got real up in this house. <laughs> oh shit. That would suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, would, I would just like, I would roll up into the tiniest little ball next to like the water heater or something. Yeah. <laughs> I would not move. Oh my god. August 26th, don't breathe. Yeah. All right. That, that looked uh, like a quality, quality, um, a quality made horror flick. What a great setup. The, uh, or just like the premise of it, you know, this like home invasion flipped on its head, uh, blind serial killer, uh, dude. I don't know if I've ever seen anything yeah. like that. So yeah, I that, exactly. It seems like for what for better or worse, it's got a real kind of clever angle yeah. to it. Um, and, and the thing will be to see if it can keep that momentum up for like an hour and whatever. Yeah, you know, um, I definitely felt like it had a very like David Fincher feel to it. Like they're channeling the. Uh, it like did. a the game, like even a, panic, even panic room. Panic room, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I think earlier oh, okay. was panic room. Yeah. Um, it but does. yeah, man, Stephen Lang looked pretty cool in it. That was yeah, um, I, he's a solid dude, man. I've liked him in everything I've seen him in. So yeah, I've really um, only seen him in an Avatar, but I remember he was like, uh, you know, he was vying for the role of Cable, like so many people dude, are, are starting to right now. And at first, I was like, nah, I don't think so. But after seeing that, man, I'm, I'm leaning more towards, like, he'd probably be a pretty badass Cable. He'd be a great Cable. Uh, yeah. I think we'll discuss this a little later. Uh, yeah, our, definitely. Our so thoughts we're going to get into a little bit of speculative X-Men talk uh, in a little yeah. bit. Um, up next, we're going to watch Yoga Hosers, the new Kevin Smith. Colleen. 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 Colleen squared. Here we go. Are you happy, Mr. Blake? But they had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Where's my dad made films? Here. Here. Come on, 
right. I would like to invite you both to my party. Senior boys only invite sophomore girls to parties for one thing. Human hockey jersey. <laughs> Kevin Smith, I love that. I loved this character in Tusk, man. Yeah, it, it's Johnny Depp's best role in a long time. <laughs> it's so good. And this shit, like, you know, he's out of his mind, man. What is, I, he's, either, he's either going through some shit or just life is PG. <laughs> Dude, uh, I fucking love whatever Kevin Smith is going for. Going yeah, through. me too. This is weed. This is the product of his weed. Of his starting to smoke weed. Yeah. Years back. We can do this. We do tons of stupid stuff <laughs> all the time. This shit is wacky. I'm thinking that we should all be very afraid right now. Maybe we should Instagram it. <laughs> it's so millennial. Shut <laughs> up. And that's, uh, it's got, um, oh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name right now. Justin Long. Justin Long, yeah. I like that he's, like, working with Kevin Smith more. I hope they become, like, a, like a Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I, I'm definitely, like, in love with everything Kevin Smith is, like, churning so out. Um, yeah. I thought Red State was, like, there's some beef I have with it. It's not, like, the film I necessarily wanted, but I respect it that it's something he wanted to make. I thought Tusk yeah. was like disturbing and just like something I hadn't yeah. seen before. Just like the concept, I didn't know how far he would push it, but that motherfucker pushed it, man. Like yeah. he went all the way. Um, and <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I think uh, I was kind of thinking about this the other day. It's like he's a filmmaker, man. You got to make what you love, and I love that his attitude is like, "Fuck it, I'll make the films I want to make if people hate yeah. them." Hate them. Uh, and they and, and they come they come from like little conversations and just like, you know, I don't know if you listen to any of the Smodcast stuff. But, you know, they, they just are constantly talking about just, like, random shit. And then they'll start cracking up. And then uh, a couple of years later, there'll be a movie about what they were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, dude, I, I, I'm in for yoga hosers. And then uh, the, the the next one is, like, called, uh, it's about a, a rabid moose or something. And it's, like, yeah. the equivalent <laughs> of Jaws. So, uh, I'm in, man. These movies are fun. Yeah. I definitely... I get down with anything yeah. Kevin Smith wants to put his name on. And, um, yeah, and you know it's going to be, like, gross, too. I love the gross-out yeah. stuff. I don't get enough, like, gross-out comedy in my life these days. Yeah. And it's it's nice to see, especially um, in Tusk, you know, there's the, the walrus makeup. It wasn't, like, huge, rich, or Rick Baker, like, huge budget effects or anything like that. But it, it got the point across, and it's, like, yeah. it's funny because it's, like, so goofy looking but at the same time the scenes playing out are so disturbing that's like i don't I do. know whether to laugh or cringe you know and it's like you know doing both through the whole movie and i learned to that i love that kind of movie <laughs> yeah i through tusk i just like was jaw open I'm like oh he went there okay yeah. all right where does it go from here <laughs> you know uh, i definitely yeah. thought there was going to be that moment of we're going to save him but it'll be a little fucked up i didn't realize it was going to go full 360 on the thing and just have uh, a walrus man you know just, <laughs> man it's, it, i love it man i'm glad he's like yeah. kind of like had this weird divine well, intervention that has just been i'm gonna make movies for myself and yeah. for my friends and, it, and if people like them they'll like them it's like his fuck you to to the system the way of things you know the commercial film industry um yeah. 
you know, I, I, one of my favorite things of his is Too Fat for 40, one of his lectures that was on on various streaming sites for a while. Um, he has a ton of these lectures now, but Too Fat for, or Too Fat for 40 was especially one of my favorites um, because it ta he talks about when he first started smoking weed um, uh, on the set of Zack and Miri and Seth Rogen kind of like sparked him to weed. And apparently he had, he hadn't really, you know, he wrote a bunch of stoner humor in all his older movies, but you know, come to find out he doesn't actually smoke weed up until this certain point. And so in too fat for 40, he tells all these really great stories about how he gets into weed and, <laughs> and what it do, what it does for his creative process and and i think that's kind of where tusk came from and i think definitely yeah. you know it's like now it's like oh 100 percent stoner <laughs> so he's yeah, kind right. of taking this like having having an adventure with it it's great yeah I, i'm excited i can't wait for yoga hosers yeah for sure um right now i wanted to start i wanted to talk about um so deadpool just came out on blu-ray and digital blah 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 whatever uh, uh, so it's in everybody's home now, and 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 everybody's all about Deadpool, and Deadpool's great. Uh, yeah, but, I have a copy. Um, yeah, I don't yet, but I imagine I'll get one at some point. Um, uh, but you know, it's like at, at the end of Deadpool, spoilers. Um, there's like a little Ferris Bueller type scene, and Deadpool yeah. references Cable and a sequel to the movie. And so people, now that we know after the fact that it, that it did well, and then the release on video is is well received. And I mean, everybody loves Deadpool now, even though it's not a kids movie. I see kids yeah. uh, all the time with their little Deadpool shirts and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Great how that took off. Um, and so definitely household name. Yeah, so definitely there's going to be a, uh, a, sequel. A, a sequel coming out. Um, and so, so he, well, he mentions Cable, and, it's, and I think we've talked about this before, like like speculating like who we might think make a good Cable. And then there's various actors out um, in Hollywood now that are like vying for these roles. Uh, yeah. And Dol Dolph Lundgren being the one most recent uh, to kind of throw his 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 hat in the ring you know nothing's official but it's it's interesting to see actors nowadays like campaign for certain roles um yeah it's really weird yeah yeah it's i feel like that's just how it's got to be you know like you think about you think about carl urban as dread he's kind of getting behind that one uh really strong and then you have um oh what was it just like Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool's a perfect example. You know, they just like yeah. have you know they get the fan, the grassroots kind of fan movement going um, to get them to to be these characters. If there's some there's some, uh, some other actor right now who's doing kind of a similar thing, who's trying to get a a part in, or no, it's like I think we're talking about Michael Fassbender and kind of how he's been behind Assassin's Creed. I think for a lot of these actors, especially like action and sci-fi. They're starting to, you know, you got to kind of like, I guess you got to battle for these parts a little bit more, and and it's cool to see how like, because the, the fans are really now it's like the the number of likes and comments that are really yeah making an impact. Um, what do you think about Dolph Lundgren and his cable? No, no thanks. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe if it was like he was younger, I just don't think he has the acting chops to make cable yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm kind of in the. I, I thought that when the 
the fan art for John Hamm was released. I thought he would have been a really good cable. Uh, yeah. Stephen Lang, which we mentioned, would be a good cable. Yeah. Um, I also think like Michael Bean or something would also be a cool cable. Yeah. Just kind of get a, a good Bean like. Would be be actually a Dreamcast. I didn't even think about that. He would be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've uh, it's rumored like the whole Liam Neeson thing or whatever, but yeah. I just don't. I don't I, want I could, it to be Liam Neeson it. either. Yeah. I couldn't see it as like, Liam Neeson. I did see, um, I saw Dolph Lundgren in a movie. It's kind of a few years old now, but it's called um, SPL. Yeah. And it's, or is it SPL? It's a Tony John movie. Oh, no, it's called Skin Trade. I'm sorry, SPL is another movie. Um, Skin Trade, so it's it's Tony Jaw and Dolph Lundgren, and oh, Dolph yeah. Lundgren kind of plays like a Liam Neeson kind of character, actually, coincidentally, um, where he has to go, like, save his daughter, who's like who's, like, kidnapped or some shit. She's, like, gotten stuck in a sex ring. But, you know, like, he does, in my opinion, like, he does have some acting chops. I think if... I think that if this was still the age where they were making, like, his level of Punisher movie... Um, yeah. Then, you know, then his cable wouldn't be far off. But then also that would be, like, on... It would probably still be, like, a, a made-for-TV movie or something. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, like... If they didn't, or if it wasn't such a smash hit, and Deadpool maybe just did okay and had like a cult following, I could see Dolph Lundgren being Cable, and people would probably be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool," but because it's yeah. like taken such center stage, um, I yeah, I definitely think that, like there's so many better potential choices. I think yeah. After the- after Don't Breathe, I would love to see St- Stephen Lang as a. Cable, I definitely think he can yeah, bring like this yeah. seriousness to it, and I just think he'd be per- like just the fucking like. There's moments in that trailer when you just see those muscles, and I'm like, fuck yeah, with the fucking metal arm, that shit would be sweet. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I uh, at first when I when Stephen Lang was campaigning for the cable role, I was kind of just like, eh, I mean, he seems all right, but it's like you know, could there be somebody just like it seems like he seems kind of like an obvious choice to me in some way, but then. That was before I saw the trailer for Don't Breathe, and then and then he does kind of bring it in that trailer, man. And I'm just like, I could actually see this guy. You know, it would really depend on his chemistry with Ryan Reynolds, and I think, you know, because yeah. the best stuff of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool is that he's just kind of bouncing off the walls, and you need yeah. you need certain characters to be good walls, you know. Um, yeah, Colossus was such a great juxtaposition of Deadpool because he's such a boy scout and he like he doesn't swear and he's so like you know fairly comes off of it Deadpool's just like all over the place sarcastic and just like a little shit um so you know I feel like your cable I feel like the cable has to be able to play like those comedic moments but he has to be able to you know he has to be able to be that rock solid soldier of fortune from the future kind of guy, but he also has to be able to be in on the joke, you know? Yeah. I think. So it'll be interesting to see as these, you know, it's, it's strange because it does become kind of like a campaign. It's almost like a political thing. Like, you know, the studio eventually is just going to be like, who do you want to be cable? Yeah. <laughs> Cast your vote text, <laughs> you know, text super to whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it is kind of cool, so it'd be cool to see as there's more news of Deadpool and, like, you know, these people being considered, um, then, you know, then we'll really see, because it's really, it might come down to a battle to the death. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd also be fine if it's like some just kind of new casting, some new dude that we don't expect and, yeah. you know, just could be a great cable. I mean, um, like you said, yeah. there has to be, I think John Hamm would be good for like comedic timing. I really like some of his like guest appearances yeah. and like Kimmy Schmidt and 30 Rock. I think he could definitely like yeah. give that. I also think he can play a solid serious dude, but I don't think he's big enough. You know, I definitely don't think he has mm-hmm. the physique and I mean, you can work out. But I, I just think Stephen Lang is like old enough, and he still uh, has kind of a you natural know, it, build. Yeah, and I, I think Michael Bean would also be good. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah. I'm interested to see what they'll do. I mean, they're going to have a lot, have a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice budget for the next one. So <laughs> you know, yeah, it's going to be definitely. Uh, it, yeah, it'll, it's going to be you know, really interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, hopefully, they get more X Men. <laughs> Yeah, and not to knock Dolph Lundgren, because I actually do have a soft spot for Dolph, Dolph Lundgren being like an yeah. 80s kid, 80s into 90s kid. But um, but yeah, it just seems like it's it's awesome to see all these actors have like an interest, because these are the big movies now, you know, that's the big paycheck is the comic book yeah. stuff, and I think Deadpool just really surprised everybody, so um, so it, uh, it it's just it is really cool to see these, all these different actors excited. So I, but I do, I do think like I kind of agree with you, man. I, I he would not be my first choice. Uh, sorry, Dolph. Um. <laughs> I, I just feel like you need someone because who knows where Marvel's going to go with this series? If X Force is going to happen, and I feel like you just need someone that's going to be who might be a little younger, uh, maybe better. Like you know, yeah. you know, just someone that can be in several movies back to back. You know, yeah. um, and Dolph Lundgren is only getting older and. I would just like to maybe see like a John Hamm. I also know Stephen Lang is a fairly older gentleman, and um, Michael Bean is also up there in the age. So I don't know. I mean, I think they'll choose it yeah. right. And I think what you were saying about chemistry, I don't think if Tim Miller comes back, and obviously we're going to get Ryan Reynolds back, I mean, those guys want that chemistry to work because watching yeah. the special features, it was all about making stuff work and making sure everyone was comfortable on set and everyone was having a good time. So, I mean, if you get this actor and he's just, like, a complete shitty dude, I mean, we're not going to have a good Deadpool, too, you know? So, yeah, you know, I, sure. I think I think Deadpool is in the right hands, and I think we'll get a great cable. And the casting might not be what everyone wants, but I think it's always that kind of way till you see it. And you're like, all right, you're right, this dude was a great cable. Shut up. Shut your face. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. Um, but, um, I mean, it's that's the that's the Affleck, uh, Affleck as Batman kind of thing. It's just, you know, yeah. the fan community just gets so up in arms. It's such a reactive community. But but yeah. I think without that, you know, it's it's kind of, it kind of you know, that instant reaction kind of paints the target. And then the process from there on is like trying to hit the bullseye eventually. Hopefully, you know. Yeah. Um, so so it, it's awesome. I like I like how, I like how um, you know, the actors are using like the social media and social communities and nerd communities and geeks and stuff like that to kind of like help sway so using the power of the people to kind of help sway the popular interest you know it's it's really awesome because i it feels like comic book movies in general even you know the ones that aren't that great are just getting better you know there's a there is a deeper understanding of that the source material yeah nowadays i mean i mean just with civil war and winter soldier and deadpool i think those are definitely like getting the source material but also bringing something new also making it kind of general for people who aren't big comic book movie fans to go see this stuff and have a good time with it. Um, 
Yeah, man. I, I think we're finally at the the time where you know we're seeing these characters the way we want to see them. Like when we picked up the mm-hmm. comics and read them as little uh, little youngsters and whatnot. So um, <laughs> you know, uh, little, yeah, it's little. it's a fun time to be a fan of like <laughs> comics. It really is. Like it, and I mean, it's just like what I was saying. There's just so there's so much content to to absorb, you know. And and generally, like depending on where you want to take it, man, there's just like quality storytelling and characters, artwork. Um, if it's a comic book or you know, there's just a lot of good yeah. stuff out there. I think I think they're in like the early two thousands or whatever. Um, especially with like comic book movies and these types of characters and these types of worlds, there's still a lot of experimentation going on, but now it seems like the universes are the broader spectrum. You know, it's like you can make as many single or you can make as many sequels as you want, as long as they fit under the umbrella of a universe, because then, then your audience gets to pick it and choose. Do they, do they like Captain America movies more Thor movies or Iron Man movies, or do they not like those? They like DC more, you know, it's like, um, it's so cool nowadays because you kind of just back. I think when we were younger, you kind of just had to like wait for, not even wait. Like you just didn't know when it was going to hit. And now, yeah. I mean, I think I think because of social media and the way that things are going, we have like more finger on the pulse, and it makes things seem like that much more exciting because you feel yeah. like part of the process, you know, in a very small way. I'm sure. Like I know I do. <laughs> if yeah, I like I it, definitely... I take ownership. <laughs> yeah. I definitely thought I was going to get tired of all of the comic book movies coming out. Um, but I think it's just like, we've all been waiting for that, you know, since like X-Men and Spider-Man came out, it's just like, I've been waiting for them to like, you know, make my Spider-Man or my, like now it's like, I feel like with um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man and we're finally going to get that Spider-Man that I enjoy from the comics, but I am still waiting for that great X-Men movie, you know? Um, Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, definitely. I, definitely. I, I don't know. It, it's fun to be a fan of films and like, yeah. just enjoy watching good movies because we're finally getting superhero <laughs> movies that, you know, uh, will probably like go down to some of the greats. Like, it'll be interesting to like <laughs> have kids and then them grow up and they'll be yeah. like, "My friends were telling me about this movie called Deadpool," and it's like, oh, sit down, we're gonna yeah. watch." Yeah, I'll watch know, that. Um, it'll be weird to like. Because Deadpool will be like the what my dad's setting me down and showing me Predator. Like I'll set my kids down and show them Predator, but yeah, you know it's just like something that I got to see in the theater that they won't ever be able to see. You know, uh, it, it's just you know it's it's weird to be and like uh, see some of these films. Yeah, you know some it of these is great it films is that are coming it, out. You know, for me, and I think this speaks to our generation, but for me, it's like if I go to, you know, if I'm looking on Netflix or I'm at Redbox or even if I'm out to go buy a movie or whatever, it's just like holding a case in your hand. That's like a movie of Deadpool or, or, um, even, um, one that comes to mind is street fighter assassins fist, that, uh, web series adaptation, which was really great. But, you know, like, just like the little kid in me is just like, it's about time, but also just like, I can't believe I'm holding the little kid in me is like sparked again. Cause I'm just like, can't believe I'm holding that thing in my hand. It's like time travel almost, you know, I just jump to the future. Yeah. It's like where they have this badass street fighter adaptation or this, this really great vision of, or this like, you know, that Deadpool even exists. It yeah. still boggles my mind. And it's like, it is, it's so, it's a cool, it's a cool time to be a fan 
probably for all generations, but I think for our generation um, too, because it's really the things that hit the core of our childhood are, are having their day now. Um, You know, like X-Men, Deadpool, the Marvel cinematic universe, you know, the big, the big, the large pantheon. So as that grows, it's going to be cool to see how they all start to try and connect them because I think that's, I mean, hopefully they do. I hope there's some, I hope Deadpool really helped jumpstart something in the X universe that, you know, hopefully with Cable will lead, will lead to more mutants. Because one thing that's great about X-Men is it's not just about the core mutants. There's something for everybody. And there's so many cool ones that are kind of on the lower tier. Yeah. So there's like Um, nothing, nothing but potential. I just like, I was posed this question when I was working at half price books. Um, A mother came up to me and she was like, what's Deadpool? How did it get so popular? What is this? And I was like, uh, and I was just kind of like, it was like a 90s character Rob Liefeld yeah. came up with. Yeah. Uh, I, Lady, I you're going to have to sit you... down. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like at no point did it, I don't know what like came out. The kids like jumped on this unless it was just like, because I read like the volume one of the Brian Posehn run yeah. of Deadpool. I wasn't really too impressed with it. It's just not like what I want from yeah. Deadpool. Like my Deadpool's like the movie version that I saw. Like that's the Deadpool I like. Oh yeah, I liked the Ed McGinnis stuff from like the mid the mid two thousands. But like, what? Like these kids are like not even teenagers or Deadpool fans. Like, what are they yeah. getting a hold? Like, where did he show up? Like, he didn't have a I, cartoon I think, yeah. or like like I just don't understand like where this came from. Uh, I like, think it's really usually just, I can kind of pinpoint. Yeah, I, I think it's, this. I was just like, what? yeah, I think it's because it's just that like slip under the door kind of maneuver where it's like. For parents, they see all these these um, comic book movie trailers or, and the theaters or the commercials for them or whatever, and they see their kids going nuts for them. So, like, Deadpool, it's kind of the cheeky little um, screw you to parents even, you know, because yeah. it is it – is, the outside of it is superheroes, and we see superhero costumes, and it's rated R, but I don't think – you know, people are not going to know what – it's rated R for until they watch it really. And, yeah. and then, so yeah. it, I mean, man, it'll been, it, I bet it was I, some good times. I'm for wondering some of those if kids. it's that, uh, that test footage that leaked at the, well, yeah, definitely. They got, I think that's, so, that's huge. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Cause I don't think I watched the like actual, like uh CG thing that came out. Like, I think I saw a little bit of it, but I was like, Oh, this will never get made kind of thing. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't even want to get my hopes up. And then I guess they did have the video game for Deadpool, which was kind of a weird thing to get made as well. Yeah. So, uh, that that is game was true. actually fairly fun, though. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that one was cool. It was a lot like there was a Punisher game that came out um, yeah. for the PlayStation 2 that was awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I never it was, played that, but I remember it you was, always raving about it. It was pretty brutal. I never got to finish it, though. I might have to get a copy of that. But... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is cool. It's, you know, and, and same thing with like, you know, now there's just like a boom happening, uh, especially with after the Daredevil series, we're getting like um, Netflix okayed a uh, Punisher series, which I think will be cool. Yes. You know, and yeah. uh, I mean, it's just awesome, man, because now these things are coming to life and it's not just on the comic page, which I love comics even still to this day but I love movies, I think more. And yeah. it's nice to see those things starting to marry with like some quality um, and, and, you know, these actors being behind it uh, so well, I, strongly. I think the thing too is with like a film, you can spend 
you know, 10, 15 bucks and go see this movie and get like your origin story. Or you can watch like a season one of Daredevil and you're already paying for Netflix. So it's just kind of on there. Um, but I think the thing with comics is to like read all of the best Daredevil stuff. It's like you could end up dropping easily a hundred bucks on some of these frame, like some of these series, yeah, man. For sure. And that's a lot of money to spend. And like, Expensive. I haven't read a lot of Daredevil stuff. I haven't read a lot of Deadpool yeah. stuff. But yeah. it's just a lot of money to drop, and I think with like what Marvel, you know, with movies and like definitely mm-hmm. with the television series, Makes is they're it... giving you this world that some people might not have the funds to be able to right. do. Like you know, it makes um, it a lot easier to access for sure. Yeah, and I, you know that's very smart. Like you know, maybe if DC has like really good comics going on right now, they're kind of missing the boat with like really great films. You know. Yeah. Because yeah, you're going to reach your audience, which hopefully, potentially, will get them into comic stores, buying more comics and keeping comic stores alive. And you know, it's, yeah, it's exactly. A vicious cycle, man. <laughs> it is a very vicious cycle. I, you know, I definitely love that because I mean, um, out of all the different types of medium that I really enjoy, I think you know, the movies just make it make it. That's it's my favorite pastime. I think is with yours, so it just makes it. Um, it makes it that much easier to swallow, you know, uh, not having to like drop all that coin on trade paperbacks or issues one at a time, however you want to do it. Yeah. I think when, when it comes down to it, you sit down and watch a movie for two hours, you know, and, and the movie is really like, take the best bits, you know, like pay the fan service, take the best little scenes and the, the famous moments that these characters are, are made or that have made these characters so popular and, and then, you know, weave a good story through, you know, it's kind of like a string of popcorn on Christmas, <laughs> you know, just make sure every little kernel is juicy and delicious, but make sure that string is strong, parentheses, story, and yeah. uh, characters, maybe a little, I don't know what I'm getting at here, but, <laughs> but uh, it's, no, it is, it's like Christmas morning, I'm just trying to tell you, like, it's a great gift. It's a great gift, these comic book movies nowadays. I'm getting older. I don't want to get older because I want to see the Batman Beyond that's coming out in, like, 2020. Oh, <laughs> you know, if, I'm going to be if, old if as shit then. Af- <laughs> if there is an afterlife and I'm aware of what's happening in the world, yeah, but I can't actually go see it, I guess I'll be only so be 40. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, it's, like, it's, it's funny that you bring that up and there's, like, that Ma- John Malkovich film that's not going to show for 100 years. Yeah. Which I think I don't know, man. I'm I don't like, know how I feel about it. Like, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, like, not that there's anything in it that I'm like, oh, I have to see that. It's not like it's a fucking Star yeah. Wars film that they're just like, we're gonna wait a hundred years to show yeah. this Star Wars film. It's gonna be but like, still, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. It, yeah, I mean, it's just like I, I like it because it's like a weird little time capsule thing uh-huh. of like what would have been made during our right. time right now. So that's kind of fun for whoever whoever will get to see that. But at the same time, it's just like one of those things that I can't have and I want it. And I want it. I know. Now. You're just like, damn it. <laughs> there should be, we should get a crew together and pull a heist. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> fanboys it, man. <laughs> yeah. Fanboys. Exactly. And then it turns out to be like Battlefield Earth. You're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, man. And then we're getting arrested. <laughs> I mean, we'd be cool. in the headlines and camera noise would be all over the place. So, yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> They would get me on the news, like, taking me down the steps of City Hall, and I'd be like, it's bullshit! We should just be able to watch it! It's just a movie! Yeah. <laughs> it's bullshit! And they're taking me, shut up, sir! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's but, uh, a weird thing. Yeah. It is weird, and it kind of, it bugs me, because I want to see it so bad, too, and, like, deep down, I'm just like, man, 
How can I live a yeah, hundred years? And we don't even know if it'll be a good movie. Like, there's nothing pointing yeah, to the I fact. Know. It just has John Malkovich in it, and like, yeah, uh, you know, as far as I know, they've released like pictures of it, so it's got kind of yeah. like a futuristic. I mean, it's supposed to be like how they see the world in a hundred years, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't really read anything about it. But yeah. The headline itself has just been like, "You can't watch this movie because you'll I be know. dead." And I'm like, "Don't watch this <laughs> now." Uh, don't tell me what to do. Article. <laughs> don't bring is, up my mortality right now um, on the internet please don't tell me that i'm going to die and we'll never get to see this movie hopefully by then i'll be we'll be able to be downloaded into like a computer or something yeah <laughs> and then we'll just oh be God. able to watch able it on to... the on the digital frontier be like eh, yeah this is that hundred year old movie maddie do you come over to my ip address and you like you shoot over on some stream of data That'd be awesome, Camera dude. Forever. We could be internet. We're like that's the the pinnacle of our evolution is to become like internet signals. Dude, that's <laughs> I'm like, down. Dude, yeah, dude, that shit blows my fucking mind, man. Gotta be careful where you go though, because then you'll catch a virus. Can't go to like oh, the shit. red light district of the internet too often, man. You gotta wow. keep it clean. You know, it's gonna be like real life, but but life is gonna be inside of a computer chip. In somebody's back pocket, it's going to be like Men in Black. Anyway, oh, I'm, tra- I'm trailing here. <laughs> I'm losing control. Um, anyway, but yeah, things are things are pretty good now. There's so many adaptations these days. They just keep them coming. Um, uh, I think, yes, on Supercast, the last Supercast podcast that we recorded, uh, we were talking about the Dark Tower series by Stephen King a little yeah. bit. And... Uh, Today they just released an image of Idris Alba as the titular gunslinger character. Um, I've not Roland read Deschamps. these books. Roland Deshawn. I've not read these books yet. I'm staring at it right now. It's on my bookshelf. I've bought a copy, <laughs> but it's just been sitting there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do remember hearing the casting of Idris Alba. Not knowing much about it, I know that the character is a white guy in the book, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, and then the cast, you know, and there's always this like controversy, like fans are like, why can't he be exactly how he is? You know, and as a fan, I get that to a degree, but then as a fan of movies and then also of good actors, it's like, come on, you don't know what, you didn't know what Dark Tower was until, you know, you started hearing yeah. about it on the internet. So don't, you know, most people, I think for most people who bandwagon hoppers, um, but since you, since you're familiar with that, what do you think of the look of, of, of him in those pictures? I think it looks great. Uh, I'm kind of like like there were the illustrated versions too, where they would have different like guest artists uh, do uh, each book, uh, like these like just illustrations. Um, uh-huh. I think he looks fucking great as it. I've never had a problem with him uh, being as the cast. I think Stephen King summed it up when he said the casting was perfect. Uh, yeah. The motherfucker wrote the books, so uh, you know for him to say it's okay, it's okay by me. Uh, he is the master of horror. T- uh, so man, uh, yeah, I'm game. I think he'll be great. I think Matthew McConaughey as the Man in Black will also be love that brilliant. Guy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I when he's cast in films like this, I think some people kind of think of like Surfer Dude and like his other stuff. But my mind goes to like more recently like True Detective, and then back to like Frailty or even like Reign of Fire, where he played these kind of like weird off the wall kind of crazy. Yeah characters that people don't really oh, know him frailty. from. Oh, I gotta watch that again. But those movies are fucking great, just like Under the Rain. Like, dude, Rain of Fire, it's a post-apocalyptic dragon movie. Why? There should be more yes. of this shit. You know? I totally I mean, forgot he... about that movie. Yeah, it was on FX the other night, and I watched like half of it. Christian Bale's also in that movie. Yeah, um, that's right, but, um, Rain of Fire. 
Damn, but, like uh, I love that too. Though there's, we got to come up with, we got to do a list of, uh, of uh, under the radar films for yeah, for our listeners, man. Because there's so many like that. The one that just popped into my head just when you're saying it. Not to get off track, but um, I, th- I think it was called Outlander with Jim Caviezel. Oh yeah, you remember that movie? It's like he's yeah. like a future. He's like a he's yeah. like a time traveling astronaut or something that crashes in Viking times or some shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. Like, and it releases like a a dragon like uh yeah so the norse things. yeah the vikings all think it's like a dragon of some kind yeah. like through their mythology but it's actually an imprisoned alien that he had on on his yeah. um whatever there's so many movies like that man uh, what's what's the guy's name who did centurion and um uh neil um, marshall he also neil did neil marshall uh, he uh, did um uh the descent which i the mean descent. i think most I think most horror fans saw that, but I yeah. What's Centurion, the one? The I first, was a great the first movie. movie. Yeah, the first. Uh, he's Dog like, Soldiers. Dog Soldiers. Yeah. So he has like he has kind of like a little niche in these kind of like unsung. You know what would you say? It's like Pulp Fiction in a way. You know, it's kind of just like yeah. you know, it's really it's really uh, specific well, niche. I, I definitely kind feel of stuff. like since we talked about the woods earlier and those guys. I feel like Neil Marshall, when he came out, he was kind of getting, and he's like, hey, let's bring the werewolf genre back, which yeah. I think is like a poorly, like, it's, I think there's a lot of potential there uh, mm-hmm. within um, the werewolf uh, werewolf films. Um, and then he kind of went in and did his, like, kind of like alien meets cave movie, claustrophobic with creature, bat creature things yeah. in it. Um, you know, pretty pretty cool like strong female cast throughout that thing which wasn't really happening at the time yeah um and uh, then he kind of just made this like a roman fucking a michael fassbender before he became michael fassbender fucking like cool roman ass movie centurion was cool olga kurlienko was in it she was great um and doomsday was even cool too i think we watched that one together and doomsday is like Doomsday to me is like a Sega Genesis game that you couldn't wait to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, it's so rich with like that kind of like, I don't know. It hits on certain levels that to me, it's just, it's fun. You know, no matter the, how dark the film actually is or how grim things become for some of the characters, there are elements that are just always like so fun in his movies and movies of the, of the same kind of uh, unsung under the radar kind of fashion um, I would really love to see Neil Marshall take a crack at a, a comic franchise. Dude, yeah, I feel like the only thing I've seen him do recently is he does a lot of like horror esque t- television shows. Like, oh, does he'll he? definitely like direct like you know whatever. I, maybe he did a Wayward Wayward Pines episode or something. Oh, I see. But yeah, I kind of I I don't know if he's like gearing up for something or yeah. I haven't really heard much. But I really hope he gets back on the map because and. I thought he was releasing some really great stuff. I feel like Doomsday was like his his uh, his O to Mad Max style yeah. filmmaking, and like even uh, what's that Romero film about the biker nights? Um, uh, I forget the title. Yeah, um, but like kind of just like that thing, man. Like where, um, yeah. you know, just kind of these movies he probably grew up with, and these are like probably Conce- like kind of conceptual, kind of cult driven or cult derived kind of subject matter you know yeah one of my other favorite films was like near dark is kind of that similar feel you ever seen near dark oh yeah near dark's fucking great man yeah so it's just kind of like you know because near dark is like it's part zombie movie it's vampire movie it's part um road movie it's part 
you know, like cr- crime movie. It's got, it's just got all these weird beats in it, you know? And I think I, for my, for my taste, I think some, most of my favorite movies are things that you can't easily like shove into a specific genre without there being a lot more that comes with it. Yeah. Uh, one that comes yeah. to mind that I saw, I think it's called Wormwood, like Road of the Dead or something. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like Mad Max uh, made by all, uh, uh, meets zombie apocalypse, and they use yeah. the the zombies emit this kind of gas, and when the zombie apocalypse happens, like no cars work, nothing works anymore, but this, this gas that they emit can power automobiles, so they're like strapping zombies into these automobiles to like make things work. It's fucking weird as shit, but it's like huh. one of those weird fucking movies yeah. that like should have been made around the time of like you know near dark or like uh, just the scroll past Nightbreed. And like some of these like weird films that like kind of came out. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've actually, I've seen it. I haven't checked it out yet. I have to, there's so much I need to catch up on. Um, Dude, that so one sounds good. So, um, so but, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, what were saying? Egy- we were talking about the dark tower and you just all the first second, uh, any final comments on we, that? Sorry. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm excited. I, I'm just, I read the, uh, the gunslinger and then the drawing of the three and i got halfway through the wasteland mm-hmm. and i kind of just like the books get longer they you know I, I think when you get into a stephen king book you expect it to be long and kind of drawn out but mm-hmm. after reading two back to back i was just kind of like i can't i just like couldn't i had to take a break through it like there's too yeah there's just yeah. too much downtime i'm excited but i'm excited yeah. oh i'm just excited to see like a horror fantasy because i don't remember the last time i saw something yeah. like that pan's so, labyrinth probably yeah, and um, it's going to be great just to see how that series does. And, like, I don't know, man. It's going to be exciting. I am I will see any Stephen King a- adaptation on the television, yeah. on Lifetime Channel, on anything. <laughs> I just I, – he's, like, you know, he's, like, he's a great man. You got – like, I'll watch anything, and I'll try to read as much as I can. So I'm in. Yeah. I'm really excited to familiarize with myself with the series um, and, and see where that goes. That is, like, even though I have not been – not ever really been that familiar with it i've definitely kind of latched on anytime i've heard little news tidbits about the dark tower series so um so i'm definitely uh, i'm definitely itching to see it'll be cool to see idris alba carry something as the lead um because he 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 kind of is being cast as a lot of like supporting roles that are good supporting roles but um but at the same time it's like you know luther was such a great tv show it's like it'll be cool to see him carry you know carry the carry the film for a while because he, he's got it man yeah. that dude is a bad motherfucker yeah dude uh i just saw a jungle book today um and his uh share con is frightening. oh right awesome. so if uh, cool. he can like channel some of that but in like this kind of like anti-hero kind of thing like it's gonna be great you're like i don't think we've we've ever seen him like this i think he'll probably play a little more like luther but maybe a little darker um so yeah you know, I I think it'll be interesting. I don't want to see him have like a southern accent or some bullshit. Like I don't think he should yeah. have a British accent or anything. But I just don't yeah. want to hear like kind of like what in Prometheus. I feel like they played yeah. up his like like I just didn't get it. I was like, this is like an international space station. He can't just be British. That's what he is. Right. Like what, right. what does yeah. he have to be the only black guy and then be fucking yeah. southern? You know, it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, that mu- that must surprise people when they hear him in interviews and shit, you know, because yeah. it seems like most of his characters are played 
especially for the American audience, are just played pretty straightforward, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they approach that for this because, like, I got no problem with his British accent. He's great. But I think most people who are familiar with him are familiar with Stringer Bell from The Wire. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, the, he, that he embodied or that character was just so well fleshed out. You know, it's hard to tell where yeah. Idris Elba ends and Stringer Bell begins. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, for, for, for his future roles, it's been interesting to see how, how they've dealt with that particular aspect. Uh, it seems like they've kind of just taken the, like, give us, you know, Stringer Bell as, <laughs> you know this yeah. guy or whatever so but, what if stringer bell was in uh like asgard Go. <laughs> yeah yeah yes heimdall one of my favorite yeah. characters i like the thor movies they're not you know I, they're not some of my favorites but they're enjoyable um yeah. i think heimdall is probably even though you don't see him that much he's such a majestic yeah. character man he just like embodies the godlike that... essence yeah. when he takes <laughs> down that ship by himself in the second film man yeah Woo. That's a, I was like, it's about time this motherfucker had his due. Like, I needed to see yeah. how badass he actually was. He is great. Because, like, um, I, I think in, like, both films, he commits treason, and nothing happens to him. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it always works out, but it's just like, I feel like, like you've committed treason, and he's like, yeah, so? And you're like, okay, true. Yeah. But nobody fucks with Heimdall. Yeah. Son? <laughs> but, yeah, but, dude, uh, I think the casting so... is... Solid. Yeah. I'm I'm excited Definitely. for it. I can't wait. Uh, I think I think you knowing me, it's like right up my alley, man. Like fucking yeah. epic yeah. horror fantasy. Like yeah, man, cool. bring it on. Yeah, the more you, the more you say that, it like piques my curiosity because I'm not sure, exactly sure how much horror and how much fantasy. So did you um, juicy. did you check out any of the like Marvel comics like when they were doing like, the prequel to the Gunslinger and Jay Lee no. was doing a lot of the artwork? Dude, no, if they I even haven't. do half of the creepy shit in that, like the Okay. Jay Lee Drew, it's gonna be fucking great, man. It's cool. gonna be like nothing we've seen, and I think that's what I want from it. I want to go into something kind of like when I go see a Del Toro film. He always gives me like his visual style, so I'm hoping whoever's directing this and whoever their effects team is and uh-huh. the artists, they're just gonna give us something, you know, maybe yeah. Jay Lee inspired, but you know, just give us something yeah. a little different, man, that we don't go and see. Ron, wasn't Ron, Ron Howard was attached for a, a little while? Was he, is he still attached to this movie? Yeah, I don't know who's directing it. I mean, I guess we okay. have the internet. So yeah, I think up. Ron Howard was either going to be a producer or a director or whatever. But I think at that level, like of a director, you know, that Spielberg level, the Ron Howard level, or whatever. I think there's probably certain projects that their names are attached to that to help them sell, you know, and and yeah. maybe this is one of them, and maybe it isn't. Oh, but either way, Dark Tower comes out like next year, dude. Cool. Uh, nice. I mean, yeah, if they're already filming it, it's happening. Yeah. It's coming. We're gonna so we're gonna probably have a lot more news tidbits on that. Um, uh, the guy uh, who did it has done. Up. Looks like he did uh, the girl with the dragon t- tattoo, the Swedish version, uh, a royal affair. Um, okay. I was trying to see if there's anything in here that I've like. I've seen the the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, he wrote that. Hold on. Um, yeah, I haven't really seen anything he's done, but he is a foreign director, so I definitely think they have a great visual style most of the time. Um, it'll be interesting, man. I, I'm definitely in. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to try to look up writing credits just to see if... Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's all good. We could probably move on. Cool. Um, so that was uh, that was our a little bit... Uh, sorry, hold on. I'm starting again. 
so those are just some little news tidbits that are going on in the movie verse we generally kind of like swim pretty deep in the waters of comic book and superhero films and and fantasy and sci-fi so yeah um so more more tidbits as they come along uh next up uh we're going to introduce our little section here now that game of thrones has started up oh, it's yeah. about four episodes in and i think um you know in superhouse podcast we talk about it but um uh but it's nice to be in this little bit more intimate space with just maddie and i uh to talk about game of thrones um so just what so before we get into this last episode what do you what have you think of the season so far you know like the first three episodes i was definitely the first one i was uh i don't know it's kind of hard it's easy to judge a first episode and then be like oh it wasn't what i wanted and yeah and that's how i was i definitely was there There there's a lot of stuff i wanted from it that Mm -hmm. You know, like they didn't give me, and there are certain characters I like, and I think everyone has their characters that they love and want to see. Um, but mm. they, they're getting to a point, and I think as the from at this point they've gotten to like where I've seen the things I want to see, and they're definitely moving in a good direction to give us some answers to some things, and that's great. It's great to watch a television show and get answers from it because I mean, there's been says like Lost, for example. You watch five seasons of that show, and I don't, I just. Like, I don't want to end Game of Thrones and not care about it. I want to end Game of Thrones and go, God, I want to rewatch all of yeah, it right now. Definitely. Like the full box set with every episode, <laughs> every season, so I can just binge it anytime yeah. I want. And yeah. um, I, I don't know. The writing team behind it's great. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, every episode is just up the ante, in my opinion. Every time I, the new one, I'm like, what can they do? And then they do, and I go, oh, okay, well, that was good. That was a good job, guys. Uh, you got me. <laughs> You know, yeah, the uh, the first few episodes, um, you know, like that first episode is just like they kind of for the last couple of seasons, it's kind of just been like this is what's going on, like recapping, re reestablishing the characters and where they we left off um, the season previous. Uh, and so, like the first two, it's just kind of like you know catching up with the story, and then the and then they always have the you know the cliffhangers. Sometimes they feel like a little forced, but then, I mean, you, I think with Game of Thrones, you always know it's a great episode when the credits are too close together, (laughs) you know? And uh, so, yeah, the first three episodes, I was just like, all right, we're kind of getting back into it. The third episode started to really move the plot forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then it seems like with this fourth episode, you know, they're just not going to beat around the bush anymore. They're just like kind of, they're digging, digging in and getting ready. Uh, yeah. for some big um yeah this i think this fourth episode is it, it was it was so good it was just like it was, i wanted i needed more <laughs> i was just um i just uh, yeah. put it on and i was just I was just ready i was watching it and i was like ooh, oh hey no way oh my god yeah. when when uh so we're this is not this is not a spoiler free podcast um never when when Jon Snow and Sansa oh, re meet at the at Castle Black was like I didn't cry, but that's one of the moments when you know it's okay to cry. <laughs> if I was a crying man, I would have been crying. Uh, dude, I got choked up, man. It, it, it's been it was so nice to see them come back together after so long. And I don't think I don't think I was expecting that scene to happen that soon. I definitely thought there was going to be more buildup because the thing that's weird about Game of Thrones is a lot of time passes, 
but there's no way of really knowing until you mm. see characters show up. Yeah. So from where they were to getting to Castle Black is like, how long did that take? Like, but I, oh, dude, I just got chills. I'm just yeah. glad that they got together. And then uh, them talking about taking back the the, the North and stuff is just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Oh. I really think yeah. Sansa's finally coming into her own, and I definitely think yeah. you see her become more of a badass. Yeah, um, it's it's cool to see with all the characters. Um, uh, you know, when we're first introduced to them, they're they are young. You know, the actors are relatively young to the characters. Like in the books, they're way younger yeah. by by at least five years or so. But um, it's cool to see the way that they that development has taken place on the show. Because when I, when you see those two, you know, this is like a man and a woman who are brother and sister who have been through some shit at this point. Yeah. And, you know, you just like thinking back to the first season when you're being introduced to all these characters and how young they play them. It's just like, I, you know, I think about when Jon Snow starts training and, you know, like the difficulties at the beginning, but then earning the trust that Castle Black and all this and, and Sansa going from where she was very complacent kind of snobbish, uh, you know, little princess yeah. who, you know, she liked her, her status and, or she enjoys her status in life. And so her marriage to um, Joffrey, she was okay with, you know, even though that there was rampant like chaos and violence and brutality around her, it's still like she was high up on the perch and that's like the way of life. For this yeah. universe but then now to see all the sh- mud she's been drugged through and all the other characters and then see them meet man that was like some powerful shit dude it, it was <laughs> I, uh, such a great uh also khaleesi uh doing her thing just when you think uh, i don't know i felt like her character taking like a step back and i was like no no you gotta like i feel like they're always i was be yeah. momentum with her and uh I like just when I thought they're like, oh, they don't know how to write this character anymore. They don't know what to do with her. Oh, she just burns down a fucking. <laughs> just like, dude. Oh man, it's just so good every time. Yeah, they just. I was. Uh, they I know was what really they're doing, nervous. and I don't know why. <laughs> why I judge them? Yeah, I was. I, I was really nervous at first because then you you see Khaleesi go with the Dothraki. You know, they take her captive and they have her in this really like. It's it's so it's it's great storytelling because even though I'm getting nervous, being like, what are they gonna do with her? Like, this isn't that interesting of a location and a situation. Like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. please don't sweep her to the side. And then it's just you know, in this episode, it's just a reminder of why this chick is so badass. You know, <laughs> and and she you know she's in between another rock and a hard place, but she's just like, no, fuck that, I'm the boss. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, you know, yeah, her moments were great. And it's just like, I was, I, my, the first couple episodes for me, why they weren't quite as enjoyable is, um, you know, I liked all the Cal Drogo stuff. I liked that when, you know, I, I wish they, that he wouldn't have gotten killed off, you know, in the original stories, but whatever. I thought he was great, but I really, you know, like the Dothraki wasn't what interested me. It was Khaleesi and when she got out of that situation and done all the things she's done and in Marine and has her dragon and stuff, you know, kind of put her back a few steps, like you were saying. Um, but, but then, you know, you're like, you're, you're just, you're just reminded of how, you know, the power that she wields just by being herself, you know, and, and the lineage she's born from and just like, you know, that nervousness is kind of part of the fun of the experience. Um, and so far, 
pretty much everything is like really satisfying. I'm glad, I'm glad, or what I was getting at, I guess, was like, I'm glad that the Dothraki, at least, you know, they cast like the new call that she was talking to. I really just didn't care, you know, about those characters. And it was kind of nice to see her, you know, not only shove their own, um, their own like uh, cultural traditions and stuff back in their face, but also, you know, her again, being able to take control. Like now the, now she's going to have, you know, an army of Dothraki fighting with her. And I mean, yeah. who knows, who knows? I mean, that's my speculation just based on that scene, you know, cause it's like, you had all those people bow down in front of her and, you know, it's a numbers game now because Ramsey has a huge army and Jon Snow and is threatened, you know, they, they're, yeah. Oh, there's so much good stuff. They're doing such a good job. And I was, you know, it was that same nervousness when Jon Snow was brought back um, in that. Yeah. I think I forget it was the first or it was like the second episode, right? Or the third even before he yeah. woke up. I think uh, yeah, it was the second, the, second one, the second one is where his eyes open. And then the, th- yeah. the third one is yeah. where we get like, just to see how he talks. Yeah. Is he the same Jon Snow? Yeah. Um, which I kind of, I, I don't know. I wish there was something a little... I always wanted there to be like a skin be a little paler, just something. Right. Know? Yeah. Well, there's um, the, um, there's the character in like the fourth season or third season or something like that. I forget his name. There's a battle with the fiery sword and this guy, he's been killed oh, yeah. many times. And there's a line that he's saying to Arya uh, about like, every time I come back, like a piece is missing. So I hope they don't forget that because they're playing with the same type of magic, you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, or like you know, and and the lady in red, um, Melisandre, she seemed unconvinced that it was even her that did it. Yeah. You know, so like something something mysterious is afoot, and I was very nervous because like you know the way that characters are killed off in this show or have been, um, it's really been very permanent, and and I felt like by bringing him back, my initial reaction was like, oh, that's kind of cheap, like it kind of. You know, everybody everybody loves Jon Snow. I love Jon Snow, but it's just like, dang, like it's not consistent with the way that things have gone. Yeah. So, um, so I was I was really nervous. Like, I hope they continue to do something interesting with him, um, rather than just you know because the fans wanted Jon Snow back. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested to see where his character goes and. I mean, maybe we'll see him die a couple more times before the series ends. And maybe, I I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, they're not following the books very much anymore. So, you know, they can really do anything they want at this point. And for the most part, I'm going to be watching. So, uh, I don't know, man. I've enjoyed Game of Thrones. Uh, It's kind of what I needed. I I needed that, like, fantasy kind of thing in my life. Yeah. I think this episode really delivered on all fronts. One of my favorite moments was when, um, you know, Brienne of Tarth is with Sansa. They're at Castle Black with Jon Snow. And uh, she went out there to talk to Sir, I forget what his name is, Sir Alistair or something like that. Um, You know, he's been at Castle Black. He's the one, um, because I forget his name right now, he's the one who kind of fended off. Uh, the other Night's Watchmen when they were in the room protecting John's corpse. Oh, yeah, corpse. The, the Onion Knight or whatever? Yeah, I, I think his name is Alistair or something like that. or whatever, I forget. Um, well, corrections in the comments, or uh, please. But um, 
<laughs> but anyway, that moment when Brienne confronts him about Stannis Baratheon's death, and then he asks about the princess, the little princess who he befriended, who taught him to read, who had that yeah. um, that scaly shit yeah. on her face. Yeah. And so there's a scene at the end of season four, I think it is, three or four, I'm not sure, I think it's four, um, where Stannis burns his daughter alive uh, at the beh- at the behest of Melisandre to to seal his like seal some kind of ritualistic spell that would make him king or whatever. So not so again we're reminded that Melisandre's magic like where her magic really lies may be not in her control. It may be not up to her. It may not even be true. I mean we know some is true because of the the whole necklace thing and her being much older than we knew. But um, but that moment when he was like, he was asking about the princess and then they got into that kind of thing. And then knowing that his friend Stannis was killed by Brienne, but knowing that Stannis was such a piece of shit, you know, the, the back and yeah. forth of it all is just so compelling. And then, you know, when he finds out that that princess is burned alive, she didn't say anything to him. When he finds yeah. that out, I mean, that's for real, dude. That little girl taught him his ass to read. <laughs> dude, that was probably the, like... Out of all the deaths in this show, that one was one of the ones was like you really had yeah. to go here. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's Game of Thrones, so you got to kind of just expect. I mean, that, I, but... I mean, story wise, I'm just like that's brutal and epic and delicious. Yeah. You know, like, you know, no, no offense to the little girl or the character or anything like that, but she kind of didn't have any place anymore as soon as things yeah. got split up, and then you know, it's, it's. I mean, it's that's just the brutal world that we're constantly reminded. Um, also, with Jon Snow's death. That's why I kind of wish he didn't come back. Uh, yeah. Just because, just because it makes that, it makes the the killing off of these characters just so profound. So even like the smallest character, even in this last episode, they killed off the wildling girl who helped. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Who, who helped? Who helped Bran and the younger brother? Who I'm forgetting his name right now. There's so many names. Rinkin, Rinkin. So she, Rick, Rickon, yeah. So, you know, like the wildling girl and she was awesome because, you know, for the for season four and season three, I mean, from when you meet her, I think it's all season four, really. When you meet her, she's like a cool character. She's a cool side character and you never really know if she's like bad or good or what. And she helped him out, you know, she helped him get she helped get Bran to the to um, what's his face, uh, the guy in the tree. Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow's character, yeah. So anyway, but but it, like that, even that, that was the death that we were given this episode. You know, like as yeah. of yet in this season, we haven't had. Uh, we've had a couple of deaths, but nobody really like too pivotal. Yeah. And I feel like she, you know, she her character hadn't yet become anything too big or too much of a focal point. Yeah. But but I still, you know, just because of the deeds, her good deeds by the end of it, you know, you latch onto that character and for. Her, I felt like it was like an, an appropriate death, but it did surprise me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew that Ramsey wouldn't die, but I'm just hoping I want him I th- to be yeah, dead. I so, thought, yeah. So much I thought, out of his death. I know. I thought, you know, he's worse than Joffrey, man. Cause he's smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought for sure they'd maybe play around with those two for a while. And it seemed like it could have gone a certain direction where maybe, you know, she tries to manipulate him longer but she yeah. really just, you know, it really goes to show that, um, you know, his cunning, but also 
where why she was just the wilding girl, you know, because she just like she's wild like that, you know. She was looking for the immediate answer where he played his pieces. Yeah. You know, and it's just like it just oh made God. his character that look he has right after he kills her, like that complete emotionless, just like nonchalant uh demeanor he has after he kills her is just like fucking chilling, man. Dude, uh, I would I be afraid. Him. I would be afraid of that dude in real life. I would just, you know, I can't. He's I, such I a good actor. Could, yeah, I don't think I could watch him in anything else. <laughs> he will always be Ramsey, yeah. and I will always hate him. Yeah, he um, was great in Misfits. He plays a such a different character in Mits, oh, Misfits. Yeah. So it's really cool. He's just that dude is has some good range as an actor. Cool. Um, for, I mean, I've only seen him in two roles, but Ramsey is just terrifying, man. What they're doing with him. He's 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 a great successor to the villa, villain role, you know. I think with each season you get a more you get a villain for each season kind of like who you kind of stick to. Stannis was pretty pretty profound pretty um prominent um yeah. after Joffrey and uh you know, I mean there's there's other or or in the Lannister the the father Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he was. But you know, you had these villains or whatever. But Ramsey is just, you know, he's kind of you. You can tell because he has now he's Lord of the North, and he has the biggest army at his disposal. You know, he pretty see, much is like the cancer of that of Westeros right now. Yeah, I need to see like Sansa like chop his head off. I have to see it. Yeah, she uh, that's going to be awesome like, to John see. Jon Snow has to do it. Uh, someone. Yeah, it'll be awesome to see how she turns out because she's not she's not really that much like her mother who got killed at the red wedding. Yeah. You know her mother her mother was like you know pretty pretty stern and stuff, but she was never very like malicious, not in the way that like Cersei is as as a royal yeah. as a royal kind of uh hierarchy like a, a whatever. But um, Sansa, she has, like, already she's kind of taken her own flavor. So it'll be interesting to see how she takes her experiences as being part of a royal, like, a wealthy um, cast of characters to now she's kind of working her way from the ground up with her bastard brother, you know, and she doesn't know where yeah. Bran is. or And, and Rinkin is, you know, he, now he's the... He's the game piece oh, for God. them, you know? Like, oh. it's not about the kingdom so much as it's Rinkin right immediately, you know? Yeah, I just think of all the shit he did to Theon, and it's... Oh, mm. my God, dude. Uh, I know. He's going to tear that little dude apart. I know. Maybe Rinkin will be the one to take him out. <laughs> he could be. I mean, we, we don't really know what his character's been through. Yeah. Uh, because we didn't get him last season, so... Yeah. He could seem scared now, um, but, you know. He's much, they're all much older, too, now. It's cool to see them. It, again, like I was saying before, like, it is cool that with, like, the way that television works and the span at which grow kid actors. Um, so, you, you know, it kind of helps sell that passage of time. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a, if there's a uh, you know, if they're living in a universe where winters last up to nine years then, yeah. you know, perhaps there's something there in the storytelling that's being reflected that, you know, or, you know, they can kind of play around with that because because the passage of time is in filmmaking and television is, is so is controlled by the um, by the production team, by the director and writers. So, um, you know, it's cool to have that kind of parallel because in the books, it seems like so much happens to them and it's just nice seeing them grow up. 
in front of you yeah. and still still be encapsulated by this this kind of like um unstable environment yeah i yeah, dude, uh, I, I've been pretty <laughs> That shit was with, dope. Uh, yeah. Very so, pleased with all yeah. of the Game of Thrones business so, yeah, that has been happening. I, yeah, I'm glad. Like, I've been like, I haven't talked to many people about it uh, yet, uh, so it's, I I like, I feel like I have a lot to say. I want uh, Jonathan Price's character to die as well. I can't yeah. stand his, Who, his religious. Oh, He's yeah. There. I can't wait for him. The High Sparrow. Yeah, just oh, he oh, he sucks. You know, like, but it's really like without him, you know, it really turns. It's turning Cersei's character around. I love Lena Headey, but I was I was starting to get to the point with Cersei that I was like, I hate her too. Like, I hate her so much. You know, I was getting to the yeah. point that I wanted to see Lena Headey's character get killed. But now that yeah, that's yeah. turning around, and you, we don't know what's going to happen with the mountain, and then. You know, it's 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 strange how the game pieces move around. It is the Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all, you know, because the the dude, um, the like alchemist dude who is working with Cersei, who brought the mountain back to life. That little moment in the episode previous where he's giving chocolates to the little kids to be his his little network of spies. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. I love that character, but we don't know much about him yet. So it's, it's, yeah. it's so cool to see where shit, I mean, just these seasons, the show is going to end within the next two years, I think. Um, yeah. So it's going to be like they have so much ride. to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the seasons are just going to get shorter. I think the next two seasons are cu- cut in half. Yeah. I'm hoping that they'll at least make them like, kind of like what BBC has done where they're kind of like an hour and like. 10 minutes or an hour 15 yeah that'd be so cool you're getting like a little bit so longer you're getting episodes, this longer yeah shorter season. yeah you're getting sh- yeah but you're still getting like, like all the content they're just Excuse kind me. of you know but yeah man, definitely uh, game of thrones dude, yeah so, so far good. this 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 was really the episode where it, things are kind of ramped up for me i love everything that's going on there's so yeah. much to talk about even um the two guys i forget their names right now who are who infiltrated the dothraki city um to go oh, yeah, yeah. to go save khaleesi those two guys they had some good moments in this i i um damn i'm gotta get better with these guys names but Dude, we can talk we so can talk about characters. it more <laughs> but this episode really is when like now i'm just like this is this is the feeling this is the game of thrones sensation this is why we're all here you know yeah. <laughs> it's been good so um anyway more game of thrones talk will be hitting you uh, as the episodes come out, more geek talk. Um, I know last episode I promised we'd be talking about some music, but uh, um, you know, the work and our schedules uh, sometimes get out of hand, and we got to play catch up. Um, as with yeah. camera noise, we'll catch up next time. Um, we'll be talking about some albums and uh, yeah. and more movie news. Uh, I'm Stefan in Denver. That's Maddie in Cincinnati. We out. You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash camera noise podcast and also at soundcloud.com backslash superhouse podcast under the playlist camera noise on Twitter at camera noise pod and email us at camera noise at gmail.com. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 